welcome to Know That, a deep dive into the week's Real Housewives episodes, where we offer our humorous, insightful, and unfiltered opinions. I'm Anthony Casella. I'm Donnie Hatfield-Smith. And I'm Quentin Lamar. And this is Know That, a Real Housewives podcast. This meeting is being recorded. Wow, that's new. Who's that guest? (laughs) I noticed that last um, week when I recorded my other podcast, we have a chatty white woman who narrates what we do now. She's cute. I don't know. No, she's not. What kind of, is that the only narration? Or is she going to say like, Donnie muted himself. No, it's just like when you record, let's everybody on the call know that it's being recorded. Love that. We can't hit you with a sneak attack. Yeah, I guess that's good. My, um, when I took that hosting class, I guess it's gone in the podcast, all of it. When I took that hosting class, the teacher, I guess, cause it is illegal to record without people knowing she was like, make a big deal. All right, everyone. I am recording now. <laughs> like, okay. All right. Relax. Like if you don't want it to be seen, don't do it because I'm about to record it for posterity. <laughs> it's good. That, it's good. She let you know. Yeah. So we're recording now too. Okay. Hi everyone. If you are not subscribed already to our Patreon, take this moment to subscribe to our Patreon. You can find it at www.patreon.com slash knowthatpod. We're currently offering weekly bonus episodes where we cover the big shot with Bethany. And when that ends, who knows where we'll go. But we're always offering bonus episodes and behind the scenes looks. Be sure to check it out. Hello, gentlemen. (laughs) How are you? Hi. Hi. Hello, Donald. Hello. Isn't that fancy? It's very fancy. How was your week? Are you asking me or are you asking him? You both have answers, I hope. <laughs> Whoever wants to take it. Yeah. I'll go first since he probably already knows mine. So this week has been a roller coaster for me because I have been forced to go back to lying to people about, you know, not making plans with them. <laughs> and I'm out of practice doing that. So I'm literally at a loss. Like I, I, I got to shake the rest off. Like I don't know what what are you, what are acceptable reasons to cancel plans now? Like I don't. You're you're saying because like the world is opening up again, and that excuse. Yeah, it's no ex- longer an excuse. excuse, right? So like yes. now, how do I tell people that I don't want to go to their show? Like I don't. Whatever you were telling them before COVID, because you did it a lot. <laughs> okay, that's supposed to be in confidence, Donnie, but. <laughs> I don't feel like it works the same. Like everybody's like itching to get out and do stuff. So everybody's like willing to do shit. And I, I feel like there is no comparative like excuse. Well, like, if you wanted, are these people you don't want to see or things you don't want to go to for people that you do? It's enjoy? more things I don't, it's more like things I don't want to go to. I, this whole, like, you know, the CDC says everything is okay. They're basically like, you know, just go out and shake your ass. And that's fine. <laughs> But, like, I need some adjustment time. Like, I can't just go from, like, shutting up and thinking I'm going to die for over a year. It's like, all right, everybody, let's go to, like, Applebee's. I'm not ready for that yet. There's there's some steps um, in between that for me. I'm surprisingly okay. I think no is a complete sentence. So (laughs) if you don't want to do something, a simple not tonight is fine. (laughs) And then maybe next time you'll be up for it. Wait, wait. wait, What is it? Not tonight. Like, say it again. (laughs) Not tonight. Okay, so I'm not turning down sex. That's the vibe that I'm getting. 
Not tonight. <laughs> well, no, sorry. I I, th- I was thinking like a late night comedy show, which was the example you gave. Like, I mean, that's true. It's true. Tonight? <laughs> Not tonight. Yeah. But sure, but sure, like you gave like pretty much like energy, like a like a very uh, like choosy prostitute. Like, <laughs> I, I know I did. I did. Uh, I did. I see that. Not tonight. But sure, I could just keep it real. You could. Anthony, <laughs> how was your week? <laughs> Good. I mean, yeah, it, it feels like things are kind of back to normal in a way that they previously hadn't been. Not necessarily for me, but for everyone. So I, I feel that kind of like, like a pin's been taken out of the world a little bit. Yeah. Or at least the city. I don't know. <laughs> and um, and I feel that kind of like, it is no law. I, I feel you, Quinn. It's no longer like the default is home. It's more like if someone wants to do something, why aren't you like rearing and willing to go? Is that the phrase? Yeah. Um, Yeah. A little bit of that, but we had uh, dinner outside. I mean, we have, we have eaten indoors also, but this week we happened to eat outside because the weather was nice with some friends. And um, that was nice. I'm like, I'm ready like I'm ready to get into the ocean. I'm walking in. The water's nice, but I am still taking my time. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like used to judging people for doing stuff still. So it's like, oh damn, I can't get mad that they asked me. It's it's like a gut reaction, you know. Yeah. It's gonna take yeah. time. Yeah. It's yeah, of course. It's a different world. Not the Cosby spinoff. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> from where you come from. <laughs> um, okay. I taught him that. <laughs> no, I knew that. You tell me other black stuff, though. I, I'm i good. I went to the Poconos last weekend, which I feel like fits more in the conversation of what we're talking about. But it was a good trip. That's all you need to know. I really want to use this time to talk about the Friends reunion, which I watched. Oh, God. <laughs> I watched this morning. It was totally unnecessary. I still cried three times, but like overall, I told Anthony this already. It was like looking at people look at a yearbook. So like if you happen to go to that school, you'll get something out of it. But if not, just pass it by. White people have been losing their minds about this. Like they've been talking about <laughs> it. It was like rumored. And now it's happened. Like it's like Black Panther for white people. It's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, I I was going to watch it, and then I read some of the reviews, and I heard Donnie's review, and now I might be. I was I was never. I don't want to like drive this point home, but I was never a Friends fan. But for some reason, the reunion trailer looked good to me. But now I'm back off of like, oh, I guess I don't need this. I think you don't need it, but I will say, and I knew that about you. But I almost wonder if, because you weren't a Friends fan, if you'll get more out of it. Like, I was so overindulged with Friends. Like, interviews, finale interviews. Like, this is the first time they're seeing each other throughout the past 20 years that this is all, like, heard it, seen it, whatever. Whereas this might be some new information for you. Mm. Interesting. Okay. No, it's not. (laughs) <laughs> but I mean, you know, they pay them, the checks cleared, they'll come back and they'll talk about it. It's great, but I just feel like it's a really good example of colonialism that I was unable to escape this. Like I was unable to remove myself from even hearing about it. Much and, like the original show. And now I brought it into your own home. <laughs> but you did you were quiet about it. I'll give you that. I appreciate that. Is this going to be an HBO Max staple where they do a reunion for sitcoms? Because 
the Fresh Prince reunion, like I said, Donnie, off air was incredible and set like a really high bar. So I, that's kind of like the, the standard that I'm going to go into watching the others with. Maybe because What's they the have one. I don't know, but they have the rights to the nanny. Like they're airing the nanny. So I feel like they could easily do a reunion for that, but who knows? I don't think so. I think we should be <laughs> okay. looking for the. <laughs> I mean, I think the next, it's clear the next place they should go is Mama's Family. Mama's Family is clearly oh. the next show that should be done. On. Get out! Mm, I, I was no. thinking step by step. Mm. How about step back? That, no, voice, that voice in the beginning said, Quinn has been kicked out of the call. <laughs> I was just joking, unexpected. I mean, like, but maybe like cheers before everybody dies. I don't know, like, I feel like <gasps> there are you know, places that could have been hit before friends, but people love it. And I get it. Like, you know, it's an easy kind of go-to. Yeah. But sure. It's gotta be sensationalized. Like if it has a feud, but if you're trying to get together feuds, like shows that have feuds with people, then there's plenty of things you can pick. Cause that's what the fresh Prince basically. Well, I mean, I liked it. I enjoyed it and I haven't seen the friends one. So maybe that's good too. I, you know, it's not. You know, so let's move on. Quinn, take us to New York. I will oh. stay in New York. Let's leave the comfort of Central Park and head to the streets of New York. <laughs> See what I did there? Uh, <laughs> sure did. Ignoring that and, and switching gears here. Yes, it's the Real Housewives of New York. And this episode, I have to say I enjoyed. I We watched it at like kind of... We watched Beverly Hills first, right? Yeah. And so it was like the last one... No, the second one we watched, but I enjoyed it. I didn't think I thought like because I really enjoyed Beverly and I thought watching this would be kind of a come down afterwards because I felt last episode was a little a little shaky in some ways. But this episode I felt was really good. We had Ramona and Sonia talking about the fight they had the night before in the previous episode with the J.P. Morgan Chase crap and Wells Fargo. And I was surprised to see how like present and supportive and human Ramona appeared. And I'm like, is this because you really care about Sonia? Is this just because you're learning or is this just somebody that you could be and you choose not to be all the time? Like, I wasn't sure which one, but I thought it was like really, I don't want to say refreshing, but I liked seeing Ramona that way. No, absolutely. I think with all of these women, they're such characters now that we expect to see them a certain way. So when they're not, whether it's for better or for worse, I I like it. Um, but this is absolutely for the better. And I'm not used to seeing Ramona like this. No, it doesn't come out often. Every now and then throughout the last few years, Ramona will have like a sobering and a sober <laughs> moment where you can kind of really tap into her humanity. But again, these are not, these are not common. <laughs> It's plentiful. quite the auspicious occasion. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like a few seasons ago, her, uh, her Bethany and, and Dorinda, I think it was Dorinda, her and Bethany like bonded over their traumatic childhoods. Like there are times where I know that's a little different than what we're talking about, but there are times where she'll like tap into being emotional and engaged and open in a way that is not normally how we see her. <laughs> mm, yeah. They're good. They're good to see. I agree. It's, I don't, you know, I don't have a f- like long history with New York. So there's a lot of Ramona Singer moments that I've missed. But what I saw of her, I thought she was a garbage person. 
So I well, she still is. But Vanessa, <laughs> yeah, she is, she is. But like you know, she is still. I was telling Donnie, she is a housewife. Like she is a staple. She is. She she is an entity of herself. And so I respect that about her, but there's a lot about her I don't directly know. So like seeing things like this where, you know, I can see her in a different way. These all go towards me basically stomaching her for the next like five episodes. (laughs) So I I enjoy that. Yeah. And she looked particularly human coming off of the scene that was the night before. Like to see like um Sonia at whatever point that was I want to say the lowest but I'm sure I'm sure there's lower but to see Sonia like that and then Luann running outside it was a lot to see so to have this Ramona moment after that made her look even more I did like the quick moment we got the night before at the restaurant when Sonia was losing her mind when Ramona had like stood up and walked away from her she goes I I know this is a podcast she goes quit the drinking get real and her whole body (laughs) like goes around in a in a circle I like that the Patreon will enjoy that (laughs) (laughs) they get to see that i was also thinking you know i know bravo decided that dorinda needed a break for her behavior i think sonia probably needed a break too Mm. i agree this is i love sonia and i think she has a good soul but something's not working for her and i think it's getting exacerbated by the show Mm. maybe I i i don't know maybe the show's actually saving her from the from the deep end but if dorinda needed a break sonia needs a break from whatever this is (laughs) dorinda definitely needed a break and that's and looking on how sonia is now and this could be brought on by the pandemic and you know her losing her century 21 deal and being stuck with that beautiful townhouse she can't get rid of but i feel that like for her to be basically hanging on by a thread after seeing what dorinda was going through what the hell is really going on in these ladies lives it's like we are not really always seeing how rough shit is for them because I am borderline worried about Sonia. Oh, I'm full on worried. Yeah, I am too. I think if there was a housewife that we were ever going to kind of wake up to bad news about, I think this is our our candidate, unfortunately. Mm. Well, on that uh, happy note, <laughs> we switch over to we have Ramona, I'm sorry, and Luann talking and they send Leah away because it's a private conversation and then Leah gets mad as shit. <laughs> I know that Leah's going through some stuff with her grandmother and I know that that makes emotions run high and all that stuff. But do we feel that like she overreacted in this situation? I try to think about this from all angles to really be fair about it. If I if we went to someone's home, we're visiting someone's home and say, Donnie, like you and this person were in a room having a, 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 a hushed conversation, I would instinctively know not to walk into that room. But we are not on a reality show. So then I wonder, like, did a producer say, Leah, Ramona and Luann are talking about what happened last night. Go in there and get in on it. And she tried to. And Ramona's kind of like idea of social niceties was like, we're talking, get out. So there's a lot of different things. And like you said, Quinn, she is in the midst of her grandmother's going to pass away soon. Lots of things going on. But is the question, did she overreact? My answer is yes. (laughs) Yes, I agree. She did. And I, now that you brought in a producer, 
I absolutely think that's it. Because there was no reason for her to be downstairs. Like, she was very clearly in the middle of getting ready and then she just showed up in the kitchen. (laughs) She kept kept saying, too, well, I don't know what you got to no one. I don't know what you guys want me to do. Yeah. Like, it's stupid. And I was like, who is she talking to? Like, is she talking? Like, I didn't know. It sounded like there was maybe something we weren't getting. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I... She didn't lose me, though. She absolutely overreacted. She didn't lose me during this part. It was when she took it further. Like, her putting her finger in Ebony's face and saying, like, you don't know who she picks, or whatever she said. Like, Ebony is more or less on your... Ebony's not on a side. She just wants to know what is going on, and you uh, have your finger in her face. So she lost me there, and then we'll get to it, but the vow of silence is when I was like, oh, okay, Leah, we're done. <laughs> Yeah. And she also tried to compare. She's like, oh, she's being nice to you now. Well, from what I could tell, Ramona was by herself in that room planning how to put out the um, tableware, (laughs) like the table. And Ebony walked in. Yeah. Yeah, And Ebony walked in and that was kind of like a organic. Oh, this looks beautiful. Now. And the conversation was over. Yeah. Yeah. Not how you walked into the room, Leah, you know. (laughs) True. Absolutely. And then we meet Garth. Um, I'm just going to say it gave me heavy Jodie Foster vibes. <laughs> Wait, I'm just going to say it. There was dog shit on the carpet when he came in, right? Did you see that? Yes. Yes. And, I didn't I didn't see it on my own before I watched the episode. I saw uh, one of the Bravo influencers, I think, had a photo of like dog shit on the but I'm surprised the way New York handles these women and edits these women. I'm surprised that wasn't a like moment because Luann stepped in it to answer the door. <laughs> and then the next time we saw the carpet, it was like very clearly smeared. <laughs> oh, my God. Did you guys think Garth was attractive? No, absolutely not. <laughs> no, I mean, love and light to whoever does. Glad that these women do. It's like the idea of something that we're told to think is attractive, but when it's really put together, it's not. It's not. No. Well, also, she like, they also come from a different generation where blonde men were seen as attractive. So <laughs> blonde men are just not in vogue anymore. It's, oh it, they did. They went out the same time light skinned black men went out. It's like in the 80s and the 70s, light skinned black men were the thing. Then after that, chocolate came in. And for white people, chocolate came in, too. Everybody's brown and hairy. His coloring's <laughs> off. Well, he, yeah. yeah. I guess. He, he wasn't for me. No. Seemed lovely. Not for me. <laughs> I don't even think he seemed lovely. But <laughs> not for me also. <laughs> and then you go meet people making them work out. Fuck that. Yeah, I felt like Sonia. <laughs> yeah. She's like, she's like, can't we have a donut? <laughs> we have to deal with this shit and work out. Life's not fair. Yeah. Garth. <laughs> Garth from South Africa. So Leah takes her vow of silence. I know you have a lot to say about this, Donnie, ironically enough. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead? Sure, thanks. No, I just feel like it is first of all, lazy from like a coworker point of view. Like now you don't have to get involved. She literally was reading a book on the, on the bus when every, or limo, whatever, when everyone was fighting. So you're already just phoning in a paycheck. And then number two, it's just very 
not performative, I guess performative, but I always think of that as like a political thing. But she was performing. Like, just text these women if you really are taking a vow of silence. But doing like your fucking charades, nobody knows what you're saying. It was performative in the interview because she wasn't even doing the vow, unless maybe she was, she wasn't even doing the vow of silence then. It was just like, I don't know. I'm, there are housewives that I have a reaction to where I'm like, one is developing. The reactions are developing. Leah is one. So I try to make sure that I'm like foot off the gas a little bit with my criticisms, but she just was irritating me this episode. And like, I don't even know why she did the vow of silence. Like was her run in with Ramona that bad? Like, I don't get it. Now that you brought up the producer and then the idea that I had or the thing I said about being lazy, I wonder if it was. Like, you told me to come downstairs. Ramona wouldn't let me do what you asked me to do. So now I'm not going to give you anything today. Which is still not what you're paid for. So it's wrong. But it it makes more sense if we frame it from like a worker point of view and not just a random friend. I don't know a lot about Judaism either, but when I hear vow of silence, I think Catholic. So why would she even do that anyway? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe it was in her book. Again, she wasn't in the best of spirits, regardless of everything that was happening at Ramona's house. But I mean, when Ramona walked in and was like, what's wrong? You got laryngitis? (laughs) And she was... Laryngitis? (laughs) (laughs) Ebony looked at her with this like disdain like you fucking moron and i was like my god just give her a little bit she's at least asking you like do you want a sweater do you want to go out like leah just seemed so sour i don't blame leah when she did mispronounce laryngitis when she couldn't talk so she just pointed at ramona i did relate to that like did you just say what i think you just said uh none of it made sense they were a better sport about it than i would have been because i would have been like this is ridiculous yeah anyway then when they're on the bus we have sonia versus luann and this was a particularly triggering argument for me because i always knew that luann thought everybody was jealous of her i think everything about luann says that she wants people to envy her but given what happened with sonia the night before the fact that she actually said you're jealous of me and didn't take the high road on that i was i could not believe it i mean i could believe it but i just was like you got to be fucking shitting me yeah that was her ego is huge huge it was very dark but it was captivating television i loved it true this this is the housewives i love Yes. And I, to circle back to something you said earlier, Quinn, I enjoyed this episode, um, but I, New York is in a dark place, but I enjoyed the episode, but I also enjoyed Dallas. And I know that that was an unpopular opinion. It's like, I I'm enjoying it, but I can't like defend it, but yeah, that was good. I wonder if they even like forgot they were being filmed because I think all the cameras were like in the in the car Mm. so maybe like because there wasn't anyone holding a camera unless i'm not remembering correctly they kind of like forgot and they were Mm -hmm. truly being themselves i don't know but it was it was great i'm glad ebony said something because luann was basically like i'm amazing i married a man who used to be your fuck buddy and you're just a hole yeah (laughs) it's basically what she said and that means that's probably what he told her. But of course, that's what you tell somebody when you're going to marry the friend of somebody you fuck. 
I mean, I get it, but that's not anything that she ever should have got back to her. Like there were so many things that Luann did that would just showed her as being a garbage person. I still love Luann, but she's a garbage ass. <laughs> chick. She's a garbage chick for that. And I and like Ebony, I wouldn't have been able to sit there and keep my mouth shut. Yeah. And I'm happy Ebony didn't either. Yeah, definitely. So this takes us to the breakfast at Tiffany dinner, which to me was one of the most juvenile things I think I've ever seen these women do. <laughs> yeah. Ramona wanted it to be elegant, elegant and classy, but I'm pretty sure um, the character Holly Golightly in Breakfast at Tiffany's is a prostitute. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. (laughs) Who falls in love with a gigolo. Two prostitutes fall in love, basically. (laughs) That is what Breakfast at Tiffany's is about. But they couldn't talk about sex. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with, with... It's like people... I don't know. I guess it's like the fucking national anthem or the country America itself. You like the idea of it, so you just change what it is so you can revere it. There's I'm nothing sure that to most people about. that like it don't even know, haven't even seen it. They just have that poster in their dorm room. <laughs> she looks so cool. Yeah. That's yeah. not... No. She is a gold digger at best. Yeah. It's an, a, it's an okay movie. <laughs> it's an okay movie and of course there's nothing wrong with her being a, a, a call girl but for god's sakes she talked about dick holly golightly talked about dick <laughs> <laughs> just say you want to wear a top knot and pearls like it's yeah. a top knot and pearls party that's what everything that's what everybody wore everybody looked i think leah looked good but i think everybody else looked pretty basic they looked well, okay to good Leah Whatever. did look good, but she wasn't dressed like Ramona said it. Leah always goes on her own, whatever. She's a rebel, which is great, but she wasn't in theme. She looked like she was in a Cruella party. Yes. I think she looks the way Hollywood looked today, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like an updated version. Yeah, yeah, Leah Leah did look great. Maybe not totally on theme, but still great. Ramona looked sloppy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> could have been all those shots she was doing by herself. <gasps> My God. When she took that shot and grabbed that black man's arm. (laughs) I was like, this is iconic television. And this, this is a housewife. (laughs) Are you a Ramona head? You love her? No, no. (laughs) I, um, I had like a malfunction in my brain. The idea of liking Ramona was so foreign to me. Um, I don't like Ramona, but I think I I can excuse her a little bit more. And I'm going to move on from there. No, don't, because I want to clarify. So he said this when we were watching today. And I said, I don't think that, for me, I don't think that Sonia, Luann, and Ramona are my favorites. But I have to honor that they're some of the best. That's, yes, that that's fair. I Ramona's like a, a polarizing figure because I don't, I can't deny she's good for the show. Like, I think she's great on it, but she's still an awful person who sometimes has good moments. And that's like, that's kind of hard to wrap your head around because you want, you want it all to like, I guess we'll go to another city to find it. You want it all to be in like a Garcelle, someone who's making good TV, but you can say, oh, that's a good person. Right. But when you can't do that and you're still getting the good TV, you you get confused. You're like, <laughs> what do I want here? You know? Yeah. yeah we'll get, to, we'll get to Beverly Hills. <laughs> <laughs> so then Leah comes for Heather quick and hard when Heather shows up looking okay at the <laughs> breakfast at Tiffany's party. Weakest link. 
<laughs> I thought that it was hilarious. I don't know if if I personally didn't understand why Leah felt so strongly about Heather being there in the first place. Like I don't she's saying these things, you're reading quotes about somebody else. That's the first clue that you should mind your own damn business. <laughs> right. So I like I feel like yeah. why are you stirring this up? Why are we doing this? Why did she do that? <laughs> I feel like last year, because she was the young one in this, like, sea of... Well, no, Tinsley was there, but mostly in this sea of, like, older... This seems old. (laughs) She was in the sea of older Republican women, and she was, like, the voice for young people and the voice for woke people, whatever. So I think she automatically got a good edit and a fan base. Whereas now, because we have an actual Black woman who is also young and a niece instead of an auntie, whatever, I think that Leah is very clearly trying to create moments to be good TV. Yeah, she seems threatened. And I feel like maybe she she feels her place slipping a little bit. But the only person who's causing it to slip is her. Like the insecurity is, is like a self-fulfilling prophecy where she's almost like not icing herself out, but she's very obviously the thing sticking out from the cast but that's only because of her own behavior. And I don't know, I guess she just didn't want Heather coming back and like pulling focus. It's very weird. It was but she, she just rehashed everything on national TV that people probably didn't know because it was only on a podcast that an ex-housewife had. <laughs> right. Which, so I listened to that podcast in real time, of course. And then it was announced Heather was going on the show. And I remember thinking, how's that going to work? Because when I heard the podcast, there's no part of me that thought Heather was going to be able to show herself around these women again. Well, she sure showed you. She said, <laughs> she fielded those questions. She deflected that. She's like, pow, pow, deny, deny. Luann's fake. That's true. She like, <laughs> that's, that was a whole thing there. Luann, who is, as I told Diney today, one of my all-time favorite housewives. (laughs) I know she's terrible, but she's such an egomaniac and shit show. I love her for it. But when she said, when she tells Heather, I don't want you to throw me under the bus because I'm relevant. (laughs) I almost choked on my water. It was incredible. I've never heard someone call themselves relevant. No. I've never heard that before. Yeah. Especially she's like huge in the housewives world, but my dad wouldn't know who she was. (laughs) So no, I've heard it. Like I've heard people who were involved on TV shows say like, well, the show is relevant. We're, we're, we are relevant to hear an individual person who's on a Bravo show (laughs) that probably doesn't get 1 million viewers a week. Yeah refer to herself as relevant was hilarious. I loved it. It was good. I also love (laughs) I also loved seeing her I don't think she knew she was on or she forgot she was on camera when Carol's name came up. Ratsville. (laughs) Ratsville. She like literally looked at the camera. Like she forgot she was on TV. That was such a natural reaction to her. She hates Carol so much. Yeah, they did not have a good, um, they did not ultimately have a good friendship or relationship on the show. I think uh, Luann called Carol a pedophile. Oh, because she was (laughs) sleeping with that like 26 year old chef, right? Yes. (laughs) Yes. I know more than I thought. There was a, there was a text Luann sent to Carol one season that said, sorry, I called you a pedophile. Pedophile was spelled wrong. It was, it's good. (laughs) That tracks. So that wraps up 
New York City. Perfect. So let's jump over to Beverly Hills then. And we'll on start on the country. Yeah. We'll start with Garcelle and Kyle's lunch, where they talk about what Kyle said about um the charity and Garcelle not paying at the reunion. And Garcelle asks, Would you have said this to one of the white women in which Kyle's jaw falls into her salad? I loved I loved this moment, but I just love that during Dallas. Quinn, you mentioned that Tiffany needed another woman of color to back her up and that it wasn't fair and it was very like me versus the world. And I love that this moment already in this episode created that what you wanted for Dallas. Like later we have Crystal sticking up for Garcelle. Two women that like Sutton was already on Garcelle's side about this, but Crystal still like gave her opinion and had her back and everything. And I think it's great to see. It is great to see. And just to rehash my point or rather to belabor my point a little bit about Dallas, that was something that if Carrie viewed herself as a woman of color as they treated her like she was, she would have known to support Tiffany in that way. But since she didn't, and she's still white and treated and treated like a white person, she was ill-equipped un- ill-equipped to help Tiffany at all in that situation. That just goes to show what kind of experience Carrie has. That being said, this is exactly what I wanted to happen. This is exactly why we want diversity in these Bravo shows. To have her, and then like, I get why Garso wouldn't want to make an issue about that. I wouldn't want to bring that up and be like, okay, here I am playing the race card, quote unquote, when you say this to me. But given how, like as a black person watching the the reunion last year, when she said that, it came to mind to me. Like you're telling the only black woman in the show that she didn't pay her bill. You couldn't tell her that to the side. So I loved Kyle's face. That's one of my favorite faces of 2021 when she like, that's every white person who's ever accused of being racist or not paying attention or being racially sensitive at all it is a shocked look and she summed that up completely (laughs) crystal being there to help not even necessarily support garcelle in that way she was but she was just speaking her own truth and that backed up what garcelle was saying but anyway we we haven't gotten there yet yeah so i'm just saying i do agree with that multiple women of color should be on the shows yeah this was great i loved that they sat down garcelle is doing something in her second season so far and i know it's only the second episode whereas whereas leah seems to be like making moments that feel false garcelle's actually she's being entertaining by being a real person who would be asking questions about things that I feel like Garcelle really wants to know the answers to anyway. It happens to be good TV, but I don't get the sense that she's trying to make good TV. I, I don't know if I'm explaining it well, but it's a very like, I don't feel like, and someone might have said, you know, Garcelle, you got to get in there a little bit more and engage. But I, I'm not feeling that work from her. She's just doing it. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. I like that even though everything she's coming forward with is, is stuff from last season. I like that it's a progression of. So we're still, a lot of times I feel like we start a new season and they like either unattach themselves from the season before, like it never existed, or they like repress it. But I like that Garcelle is saying like, this is what you did last season. Here's what I have a problem with. I would love to put it aside, but you're a bad friend. (laughs) And I don't think we see that a lot. Yeah. I thought they both handled themselves very well. Um, I mean, the questions that Kyle were asked were valid. I won't begin to 
say what is in Kyle's heart, but I think Kyle stepped in it because I thought she was just trying to get back at Garcelle for, I think at this point in the press, maybe Garcelle had said like Kyle wasn't overwhelmingly welcome to her. And I think Kyle, this was Kyle's way of getting Garcelle, but for what she perceived Garcelle to have been doing to her. Unfortunately, that came with other baggage Kyle wasn't prepared for, but that's These are the questions to be asked. Yeah, I think she's handling it fine. And I think Garcelle is fine with the way she's handling it. Because even later in the episode, she says, I think at the airport, when it's just her and Rinna. And she's like, oh, thank God Kyle's here. Anybody... Any, I'd take anybody. So, so like, even Kyle's a welcome. Yeah, Kyle's that anybody. <laughs> yeah. What I like about her, so though, is I feel like she's the only person that treats and has a reaction to Lisa Rinna that she should. It's like nobody else understands how big of a snake Lisa Rinna is, but she does. And she treats her that way, and she's weary of her. And I think because she knew her personally as a friend, I think she sees what Housewife Rinna is and can do, whereas the other women know Housewife Rinna and... To a lesser extent, like Housewife Rinna, they did. I don't think, I think they very well know to keep her at an arm's length and like, she's going to be good TV. She's raising our ratings, whatever. Whereas Garcelle came in as a friend with another friend and saw what Rinna could do or is capable yeah. of. Yeah. And when you kind of hone in on Rinna, her behavior aside from being snaky, like she's weird. Like, I don't think she is someone that I would feel comfortable with being in a room. Like the energy's very odd. It's always like, yeah, it's always like a cabaret show, but like at a small theater, like where she's playing yeah. to the back of the room, but it's only like a room of 50. <laughs> yeah. It's very like, how are you? All right, honey. Like it's, it's a lot. Yeah. Fake. Yes. It's absolutely <laughs> fake. But not, but like in an obviously fake way, especially her confessionals. I, I can't stand her confessionals anymore. I did not love this confessional look this week. Oh no. It looked heavy. (gasps) I loved Garcelle's. Loved it with the blue hair. Yeah. Loved that. Uh, Not the other one with like the weird earrings and like the shoulders. I don't like that one where she like has like a ponytail like a slicked up she I don't was like an old Jenna Jackson oh I don't love that one either on Garcelle I don't like it on her I don't know if, I don't know if we're gonna get there but I have some choice words about Dorit um Dorit's not in my notes at all so you can say whatever you want right now <laughs> Dorit's pajamas were <laughs> aggressive her <laughs> I've never seen anybody come out and look as though they're modeling their pajamas, but that's what she did. She like came out and was like showing off like what's going on and like just showing like the whole thing. I'm like, you look, you're trying too hard to read. You're trying way too hard. She definitely tries hard. I like when they got to Lake Tahoe. I, I don't even remember what she said. She's like, I've never been to Lake Tahoe, but it is giving me... Sweden. It, like a town in Sweden. Yeah. It is giving me this vibes. I'm like, all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. You're ridiculous. She's always Doreeting. She is. Always. <laughs> Doreed the room. So- <laughs> <laughs> I did have dinner with Dorit. Doreed, Kathy. Is it? But- so that's perfect time. We got a lot of good Kyle and Kathy stuff this episode too in Tahoe. Um, they talk about the resolution of their fight and we see flashbacks to when they were fighting over 
their story being on American Woman, the one hit wonder, um, the one season wonder, excuse me. But then I just love Kathy's presence is making me like Kyle more. And I loved Kyle in the beginning and then she lost me along the way. But her relationship with Kathy, I think, is just so fun. And it reminds me of what I liked in Kyle in the first place. Like when they joke about confusing Kyle for Garcelle I laughed out loud and then and then when they were trying to figure not even trying to figure out but Kyle's like my sisters call me Doogie and (laughs) thinking about it now I don't know if that's a good thing and then Kathy's (laughs) like it's just what you know you call a baby (laughs) it was so good I at one point they called her Doogie and I was like we have to hear more about that right and I was so happy they like isn't that right she kept saying it too isn't that right Doogie (laughs) <laughs> I like when Kathy was like, this fan won't work. <gasps> so Ky- good. Kyle's like, you have to plug it in, Kathy. <laughs> you could have just um, said, plug in my fan, Kyle. Yeah. I Kat- I love Kathy. Kathy and Kyle, and it is making me like Kyle more. I understand. Kathy and Kyle make me understand Kyle and LVP. Mm. Like, I think LVP reminded Kyle of, like, an older sister who like commands power. Like Kathy and LVP both have this effortless, like I'm not moving very fast because I don't have to. And like everyone just like, Oh, and they like orbit around it. Yeah. And I think for Kyle who has, wait, is Kyle the middle? Kyle's not the middle sister. She's the youngest. Yeah. But I, yeah, that's right. But I think it's interesting. Kyle has such middle child energy to me. I think because Kim's problems, I think that, Kyle had to take on the middle sister role because she had to take care of Kim. God, that makes sense. I feel like both Kathy and LVP activate this need for approval in Kyle that showed itself in an ugly way with LVP because of the way LVP treated her. But from what we can tell, and it's very little, that doesn't seem to be the case with Kathy. So it's just kind of like relaxed, goofy sister vibes, which is good. I love it. Yeah, I guess so. It's weird that Kyle acts that way because I know like because Kim said, didn't she? She was like the one she was like making most of the money because she was Mm. the one doing like all of the acting. Yeah. So it's like it's weird. Like, I feel like there's a lot from Kat from like, I'm sorry, from Kim, who feels like she's did a lot and didn't get any recognition for it. And I think that's why she's like, really, I feel like she holds like grudges against Kyle and Kathy quite a bit because like isn't she not talking to either one of them now or something oh I don't know if I knew that I know in the preview Kathy tells Kyle that Kim changed her number which would imply yeah. that maybe uh, haven't been speaking that Kim, that Kathy right Kyle should know that so I, I got the impression that she wasn't speaking to I didn't know if it was both yeah. of them but mm-hmm. I knew she wasn't speaking to one of them so mm-hmm. I wonder if she's upset because Kathy is on the show and she's not that's Perhaps. possible yeah I mean mm-hmm. I would bring I would love to bring Kim back me too yeah all three of them I liked when they were in the airport waiting to take off and Kathy was like, will there be any small snacks there for us to eat? Any sweet treats? <laughs> Loved, it. Loved uh, it. She's she's like a caricature of something, but I don't know what. <laughs> it's not a human. It's something, though. <laughs> While we're on the topic of Kathy... Um, we can segue into two truths and a lie really quick. Kathy played completely wrong. She just named three truths. Three truths. So that was incredible. (laughs) Kathy Hilton doesn't lie. (laughs) Apparently not. Um, (laughs) And then, I mean, we don't really find anything out, but Erica admits that she is guarded, which I 
I don't know if the producers told them to play this game so she would say that or what, but the editing is artful this season. When they played Expensive to Be Me and showed, <gasps> showed everything she owned, it's so good. I can't wait for the downfall. It's so good. Did I understand this correctly? So two truths and a lie. Erica says her three are she was adopted. She was part of a government sting to bring <laughs> someone down. Uh-huh. And she was part of the mafia. So if her being adopted is one truth, is the other one the government staying to, like, who is she talking about bringing down her husband? Like, I feel like I needed more time to sit with what she was saying. And that's the shit I hate about Erica is that she told us what one truth was, but then she's like, oh, no, no, I won't tell the others. Well, then why'd you say the others? Like, that? that right. is the game, bitch. <laughs> Yeah. Crystals were good too. Oh yeah. Crystals were good. Yeah. I love Crystal and that little bit about her home life. I really loved. I feel like we found out more about Crystal in this one scene than we know about Erica or Lisa, to be quite honest. I love her housekeeper, Lucy. (laughs) I love her pop star brother. However, I will say, I don't care what country it is. If you're a pop star in one country, I don't think he's a pop star in China because I don't think he would be a nanny. If Beyonce moves to China, she's not going to be a nanny. Depends what level of... Uh, yes. I no, don't think she, she would pays him. I think he just like, he's the uncle when he does like all the nanny stuff, right? Mm. I, I figured he was like stuck over here. Me and Donnie had this whole thing. I was like, you can be famous in one country and nobody knows you in the other. Like that's possible. Yeah. True, but then how famous are you? Right. You're not a pop star. I mean, yeah, but there's plenty of people who are like, do you like, I don't know anybody that Jennifer Lopez collaborates with. I don't know any of those people, but those people are all famous somewhere else. Um, I was that I'm attracted to the brother. I thought it was cute. I was until they showed his teeth. (laughs) Ooh, a teeth queen. (laughs) (laughs) Show me your teeth. No, I, I can't say that, but I will say that if this is anything, any like Dallas, I just like seeing Asian children running wild around their homes. These <laughs> kids didn't get on my nerves. I thought they were fun. I guess I just hate white children running around unchecked in a home. Perhaps. That's, the only, that's the only difference here. I don't mind when the Black Housewives kids do it. I only mind when it's like fucking Brinkley or something. So, Well, well that's a different breed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because... You don't dislike when Dorit's kids do it. I'm not a fan of Jagger. Look, I, it's not that I don't like the kids. The kids are fine. But I don't look at them like, oh, I like a scene like that. I look forward to Tiffany Moon scenes mm, with her kids. Okay. I look forward to, like, Riley coming out and being like, eh, on camera. Like, I like <laughs> stuff like that. I just, you know, I'm looking back and, like, there has to be, wait. There has to be somebody's kid that I like. You can't, you cannot use Brandy's children as the example of white That's kids. That's what I'm thinking. It has to, to be pick somebody a, we else. We have to pick other people. Okay, wait. Who else has kids? Uh, No, I don't like them. I like Monique's kids. Oh my God. Are I there like... no other small white kids across these franchises? You, did you like Melania when she was younger? And Gia? Oh, do you like Melissa Gorgas' kids? I know this answer. <laughs> they all seem racist to me. I, I realize that that's probably not true. But when I look at them, I'm triggered by, like, little kids that I grew up with who, you know, who were kind of racist. And so, like, I kind of put them in that category. Like, I don't see them as white either. Did you like Lisa Barlow's kids? Yes. You did. I like Lisa Barlow's kids. Thank God I'm not racist. And Heather's daughters you liked, I think, right? Who's Heather? Heather. (laughs) 
Heather from Salt Lake City. Yes, yes, I liked her. Okay, but they're like they're not kids, kids though. They're like you know. That's true. I was I was really pushing the limits. I mean, like bare. <laughs> I mean, like t-shirt, shorts, barefoot, tearing ass through the house. I mean, kids like that. That age. You like th- you look Kyle's daughter. You liked when she was little. Does she not count oh, as I white? Love, I, I did love Portia. I don't really count her as white either, but everybody else does. So we'll say she is, and that way I don't look racist even more. So okay. Perfect. Oh my All god. Right. Speaking of racism, let's cut to the final scene, which leads us to yet again a real to be continued. Jersey, take note. Um I oh actually I will say we left New York, but New York handled a to be continued moment well because it wasn't really to be continued, but they're picking up where they left off. So the like voice note at the end was like, see what happens the second half of the party next week. Jersey yes. can do that. <laughs> yes. Yeah. You really upset about that to be continued. Yeah, so. apparently. A to be continued isn't a man walking up to a door. <laughs> Unless he has it's a gun, not. yeah. It's like a, a woman. It's like a woman hanging from a cliff, looking behind her, like, oh, yeah. that's a to be continued. Yes. yes. So this is that equivalent, I guess, because I I was fine with this to be continued. So Sutton is talking about Garcelle and says she's good to you if you're real, but she doesn't like fake, which that is what we see with Kyle and <laughs> Lisa. So I Sutton knows what she's talking about. And then the conversation goes to Garcelle's conversation with Kyle um, and not paying. And Crystal agrees. And she says, as a woman of color, and then all of a sudden Sutton's like, I'm not talking about racial stereotypes i also have a stereotype how do you think i feel when i see rednecks and crystal's like so do you not see color and sutton won't answer and she's like are you serious what do we think's happening i think it's sutton's beliefs obviously i don't think they put these words in her mouth but i do think editing was wonky here like i feel like sutton was a hard 10 when the conversation wasn't even like focused on her like sutton is on garcelle's side and then crystal is backing up what garcelle said and then all of a sudden sutton was like i'm not racist so i think something was cut out i think that we have Sutton, a white woman of a certain age from the South who's used to dealing with racism from only Black people, being blindsided mm. by a non-white person that she wasn't equipped to handle. That's what I think happened. I think that she wasn't prepared because she didn't pay attention that she silenced a woman of color. Mm. I don't know what color I call it. A non-white woman. That's the way Crystal put it. She silenced a non-white woman who was talking about her own personal experiences. She wasn't even addressing what Garcelle said. So Sutton really fucked up. But I feel like Sutton's one of those people, and a lot of people in this country feel like, if I'm okay with Black people, that makes me okay. Mm. And I've sat around and seen enough people, white people who are woke, telling anti-Asian jokes and all this other stuff for me to know that that's not the truth. And I just think Sutton got caught up. That makes sense. This was a hard one. This was a hard one for her. I said Sutton wrong. Sutton (laughs) wrong here. Mm -hmm. Uh, uh, This wasn't even about her. Like she didn't even have to say anything really right, at all. And, but certainly didn't have to interrupt Crystal. And I was confused because she is Garcelle's friend, but what Garcelle brought up to Kyle had to do with racial stereotypes. So when that was, when that conversation was being relayed between Kyle and Crystal and Sutton and Crystal was sharing, oh, well, my experience has been, I kind of felt like Sutton lost the thread and didn't like, I don't know. Didn't like it being brought up at all. It was hard to follow. I think there was probably, this is not an 
excuse, there seemed to be some drinking. So I think maybe like there was some, I don't know, like Sutton came in in a way that was surprising. She came in aggressive, but no one was even directing a conversation toward her. So I, I was having a hard time understanding where she thought her entry was. And it's not with um, trying to equate the experience of people in the South and the stereotypes that might be depicted of them with racial stereotypes. So we'll see what happens here. <laughs> she wasn't expecting it. That Something like that was supposed to happen from somebody like Garcelle, who she made very carefully sure that wouldn't happen. And then it came at her from somewhere she wasn't expecting it. That's what we saw. I loved it. Yeah, it was good. I'm lo- I know we're only two episodes and I love it. Oh, I'm yeah. loving Beverly Hills. Me too. It's like a nice yeah. little like, I don't know, it's a nice little like wave on a beach. Do you and do you think it's because they've done something that the other shows haven't which is not just bring in one woman of color and they did two women non-white women do you think that's an aspect that makes has basically turned well that and getting rid of teddy has turned beverly hills around for the good i think that's helping for sure and i also think that for whatever reason producers are done with the women holding power so i think before it was very much like you have all the cards here if you want to talk about it we'll talk about it if you don't i guess we won't talk about it but this year the editing is showing me that like even if eric is not going to talk about it we're going to see something like editing is on our side and the producers are on our side bringing more than one woman of color into the show can only benefit it but also i think the show because LVP left two seasons ago, because Denise left last year, it is good that they left. And we put these kind of the longer chapter with LVP and the short chapter with Denise to bed. And now we can like really hit a reset button, which is, and it feels, this feels like a reset, even though the cast isn't terribly different, really that we've, we've added new people, maybe not all housewives. We elevated someone who wasn't last year, but it feels like a revamp. New York should have taken and could have taken a page from that. I think that's what they needed to do this year. And they kind of like hemmed and hawed about it. But um, for Beverly Hills, it's working. And I don't, even without the conflict at the end of this episode, I, I don't ever really need fighting. I just need to be entertained. The fact that we're going to get some conflict is a bonus. <laughs> but they have just been entertaining me, which is all I ever wanted. Yeah. So I'm loving it. So I'm done with Beverly Hills. Okay. Let's um let's wrap up New Jersey. Now, these are these are some things that we've been talking about all season. So not not too 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 much to dive in here, but huh, a big kind of theme in the second part of this reunion, I felt, was a lot of problematic views regarding sexual assault and sexual freedom. I think early on in the episode, they are talking about um, Marge talking about her experience in the workplace. And uh, Jackie, I believe, shares that she's been the victim of sexual harassment to people in the workplace putting her hands on her. And I think the quote that Teresa says is, nobody would put their hands on me unless I wanted them to. And the cast and Andy, to their credit, 
because this is something that can't really just fly by and no one comments on it, give her rightfully a hard time about it. But I mean, that happens. Then there's kind of lots of slut shaming with Marge and um, with being it done to Marge regarding if you are someone who has perhaps had a more sexually free period in your life, then you can't necessarily have been someone who has been sexually harassed. I think Jennifer maybe alluded to that. Thoughts on all of this? I I want to say that the narrative that somebody can't be discerning who they are with sexually is never a good way to take. You, I don't care if you decide to whoever when you say no you don't want that person you don't want that person that's the end of it i would like to see them support each other as women that way they keep missing the point here they keep going at each other oh you're the freewheeling career slut and you're the concubine who's just a baby factory that that's not that's a, a, a really pointless and influenced by misogyny and men for them to be perpetuating and i would hope that they would be able to see that i guess maybe they're too close to it as far as Teresa, somebody else i think tiffany had recently got in trouble for saying something basically the same thing that Teresa did that she wouldn't let anybody do that to her mm. and i feel two ways about it i come from a woman who would say the same thing and i don't necessarily think it's like you know i'm victim blaming them or saying that I think it's more of a personal reaction and like self-preservation thing. Like that can't happen to me. Like I won't let that happen to me. And of course that's not true. I think it's definitely something that should have been addressed, but I don't think it was coming from a bad place. I think it was coming from a place of not understanding and a place of a place of like personal, I guess, fear or wanting now, to feel empowered in that do way. Do you I'm think not she would so. say it? If it was someone that she liked, like if Dolores said that she was massaged by an employer, would Teresa feel the need to say it then, do you think? I think she might, because I know plenty of women who would be like, if somebody tried that shit with me, I would buy da 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 I know a lot of women who would say that. So I kind of, I don't know. Like, and like I said, we're, we're not women. We don't know exactly how, you know, that feels to like, you know, to be helpless in that way. I, I mean, I've been sexually harassed before. I'm sure we all probably have been in some yeah. way, but it's different i think as a woman when like society conditions you to be submissive and to let it and to go along with it right so i don't know but i, I don't feel like Teresa was saying that from a bad place it was from an ignorant place i think possibly i just think because it's someone she doesn't like there's no good that could have come from it i see that but i still think that if dolores had said it she still would have been like well, if that was me, I would have blah, blah, blah. I, I still think that that's something she would have said. I don't know. I can't decide if I think it's something she would have said if Dolores said it for me. Um, definitely, it's coming from a place of ignorance. But I also, I mean, she's called Jackie weak before and not confident. And to me, this just seemed to maybe be part of like, you sounded to my ears like she was saying, you let this happen to you. I wouldn't let that happen to me. Yeah. And for all Teresa's been through, she definitely is someone who, unless she's experienced it firsthand, she can't even really wrap her mind around it. And this is just like part of that bucket. Um, but yeah, not a good look for her. No. Also not a good look were, I felt, some of some of the questions Andy was asking about her sex some? life. Yeah. <laughs> Most yeah. of the questions that he Most. asked about her sex life and about their her appearance 
a lot of that stuff was mm. yeah it's not and i can't believe it doesn't get bigger traction in i mean either the culture or the bravo community but they just don't they like they don't hit my ears right and i'm I understand that he is there, if not really directly their boss, like a figurehead for a boss, but I can't believe how kind of willingly they answer them. I will say, I believe Andy asked, were you faithful to um, Joe Giudice when he was in prison? And is Louis the first person you've been with since, uh, since Joe, since your husband? Teresa says yes to both of them in a way that made me believe that she meant no. <laughs> I just didn't believe her. I just didn't believe her yeses. They were no. like, yes. Like they were, they were <laughs> phoned and yeses, which is fine. But I didn't, um, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Should Andy... We talked about this before, but why is Andy still asking these questions to these women? I don't know. And the more I, the more we go through reunions, the more I realize that Andy shouldn't be doing them in the first. It's one of the only shows that is constant with who does the reunions. Like the challenge always has different people come on and host on MTV and like other shows. I know that too, bring in different hosts based on what happens in the season, based on who's relevant now, whatever. And I really think that having someone not invested as much as he is in these women's lives would bring greater would make it a better program but then also bring better questions he's part of a he's the these shows aren't the way that they were when they first started which is good but he's a holdover from that so i don't trust andy to down the line of beverly hills be able to ask questions about the conflict between Sutton and Crystal. I'm assuming right. it seems like something that'll be a thread. I don't think Andy's going anywhere, but I think like we've said before, if they want to make these shows different and make the makeup of these shows more racially diverse, no yeah. one's going to benefit if then actual questions and conversations can't be facilitated by someone who knows how to handle them. Absolutely. It's, it's only going to continue to be awkward. Absolutely. And I think also, maybe it's because they knew it was only going to be two parts and it was a long day of recording, whatever. But I feel like every single thing they talked about ended with Andy saying like, okay, that's enough. Um, we'll talk about that later. Or just like something like that. Like, let the conversations ride out. Yeah. Yeah. Especially definitely. because we get bullshit. We didn't need to see Dolores talk about her vaginoplasty and... Uh, Teresa talk about her lips like leave that out let's dig more into if Mark because I couldn't even tell you what Margaret said about the rumor I know we left off with that and it was touched on again but I don't know how that was answered no agree yeah let's get to that um, because they kind of they left us off last week with Jennifer insinuating that Margaret was the cause of the rumor that never really seemed to hold water to me because we see in the premiere, Teresa tell Margaret the rumor. So how would Margaret be responsible mm. for starting something that Teresa would then need to tell her? It was all very murky. I left it thinking, Margaret has nothing to do with this rumor. But where did you all fall? I really forgot there was a, <laughs> like a round, not a roundup, but like a resolution to this. So I guess I felt not clear. <laughs> I still think that Marge was involved in some way only because her husband said that he heard it and she shut that down really quickly. Like she shut it down in a very 
guilty way. So I think somehow Marge was involved in this more than she's letting on. She was on in it. And maybe that's something that Andy is okay sweeping under the rug. I see him covering for people. I think Marge probably, because what Anthony said makes sense. Why would Teresa tell Marge if Marge told her? But I think that Margaret is Jackie's friend and has Jackie's back. But I think Joe heard it at home because Margaret was talking shit to that woman with eight accents or she was talking shit to whoever. I think she was like gossiping about it. Joe heard it, repeated that. But then there would be no way to say that that's what happened without throwing Margaret under the bus for gossiping about a friend. Teresa, the clip they showed from, I think, Watch What Happens Live was Teresa saying someone in our group. And at first I thought, oh, something is going to come out where we learn that it's a cast member. But then I got to thinking it might be someone involved in the show. Mm. Because group is a very specific word. I will say I liked Jackie more at this reunion than I've been liking her. (laughs) (laughs) I. I liked, I preferred, I preferred her showing her teeth a little bit. I liked the way she looked like she was pulled together. That all was working for me in a way where I was like, okay. Yeah. I don't actively need her gone anymore, but I still don't want her. That's where I, I want her gone because oh. she's the one. If they don't get rid of her, we're never going to get a woman of color. No, they're bringing a woman. They're bringing a black woman in. Uh, another one. Oh, I see. Right, right. You think Jackie is what's holding us back from getting that second woman of color? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I wouldn't mind if she was gone. I just didn't mind her. I right, guess. right. I don't need to but see I... her. I don't need to see her husband. I don't need to see her parents. <laughs> no, see... <laughs> never, never need to see the parents. Oh, my God. Famously don't like seeing the, those parents. I'm so nervous about Jennifer next year because we had a brother storyline. We had a parent storyline. That only leaves the sister. And I do not need <gasps> to see that. You do not like the sister. <laughs> I hope that her parents, well, they're clearly upset. So I hope that they have a divorce. I hope them get into divorces the next season. I mean, they're not happy together. They don't have to stay married. I'd right. rather they get divorced than like one of them die. Get a divorce and then she can go through that. Right. Okay. I thought it was nice when Evan went over to Teresa before all the men exited the stage. Yeah. And said like, I'm happy to go golfing, kiss her on the cheek and everything. Yeah, I think he's she signs his checks. <laughs> I did she find- She said it last reunion. Everybody who's ever had a problem with me- where are they now? You're you're right. She did. <laughs> oh my say god! That. And I still don't get a good vibe from Louis. No, he's weird. Some he's weird. Something. Yeah. Weird. And they flashed all those headlines about him, and then didn't touch on any of them. I know. I wanted to hear about how he's. I believe I've read that he's a Scientologist too. Yeah. It's like, honey, you've been pushing for that to be addressed. <laughs> let's <laughs> like let's get into Teresa that. Teresa is Teresa is so susceptible to Scientology. She's probably a diehard Catholic. If she wasn't. Oh, I can't wait. I can't wait until Teresa does an e-meter next season. (laughs) Like, honey, I got the ends. I also liked how Jackie was like, where does this leave us? And Teresa was like, I want Louie to play golf with Evan. (laughs) (laughs) It wasn't clear whether she'll be there or whether they'll both be there. It's just our husbands can play. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Also, I mean, as we're wrapping up, Teresa is just an idiot. I mean, a hypocrite. 
an idiot. Like they were playing clips. They were trying to explain things to her. It's like, no, but you got upset last year when someone did the same thing that you just did to Jackie. And she's like, it was fucked up what she said about my daughter. It's like, you're not with us here listening, (laughs) are you? I don't think I went berserk. And then they go to her throw in a chair. Yeah, she really is an idiot. (laughs) An idiot. And like, does she watch these shows back? Like I'm, we all have like behavior that we do where sometimes we don't know we are doing it, but this is like, Teresa, come on, baby. You are, you are just not playing in the same reality as we all are. Yeah. She must not watch them back. No, I'm I'm I'm, not watching them. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not getting that vibe either. She doesn't seem like she studies. No, no. And I'll I'll just, uh, to wrap up Jersey, I, I believe at one point Jackie says, the whole world understood that she was giving an analogy about Gia. If I go back a few months, I will say I must not be part of this world. I don't think I, it didn't hit my ears like an analogy when I first heard <laughs> Me it. Either. Me either. I thought she was dead serious. Yeah. Yeah. I thought she was repeating something she had heard. And when everyone was like, Teresa, you don't use the word analogy when you're doing an analogy. I thought like, hmm, am I, am I more like Teresa than I think? <laughs> I know you don't do that, but I didn't. Looking back at it again, and when Jackie is like, well, I don't know where I heard it from, but I heard it. I get it, but it still didn't seem like that to me. Yeah, it's like one of those like books you use in elementary school where you have to like stick your face in the picture and then pull it away to see. Like I can see that it's an analogy if I want to see, but really I do not see it. And you don't, they're all right, you don't use the word analogy, but you do say, like that would be if I said that, that, that. She didn't even say that. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But it's the way she said it. Like, that's how you're supposed to know. Marge, shut up. Right. And I think they all know they're working with an idiot where <laughs> they they can basically tell her anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. I enjoy the season of Jersey. I'm I'm not mad to be saying goodbye to it for now. No. I think it wrapped I think it wrapped up when it when it was ready. Yeah. Um, a lot of people were saying it's too short, but I I would rather take a short season that slapped for me than to be dragging like 20 episodes and a three-part reunion. Agreed. I'm liking the shorter housewife seasons. Me too. I also feel like Again, I'm probably one of the, probably one of the few people I enjoyed Dallas. I feel like that was like a nice little tight little package yeah. and it wrapped up when it needed to. I agree. All right. Well, that's going to do us. Um, that's going to do us in Jersey. All right. So what are our final thoughts? Anyone? Because I've been so hard on it. I just want to reiterate that I am loving and I feel optimistic about Beverly Hills. I It, it seems like the perfect, the perfect city to kind of like reemerge out into the world with like it's hopeful it's fun it doesn't it doesn't it for me like there are some franchises that seem like covid is happening and others that don't i know they haven't been in beverly hills for um at least half of the episodes that have aired but i feel like beverly hills is going to be like jersey where like oh covid doesn't really exist whereas in new york like i feel i feel like a cold winter and not that everyone's in masks but it's almost like it's the apocalypse and the women are at like an oyster farm like it's very (laughs) like end of days but beverly hills is like fresh and sunny and i love the revamp so i'm i am more more firmly than i have in the past taking out my beverly hills flag and planting it perfect yeah i agree (laughs) My final thought is I'm clearly not going to the right restaurants because when Ramona said oysters are $6 each, I'm like, oh, shit, mine are a dollar. Where where (laughs) I go? 
<laughs> I don't think I've ever ordered oysters. Oh, I love them. I'm not like a work for your food kind of boy, if you can imagine. Well, you get them on the half show. Yeah. The way Ramona likes them is when they're already done for you and you just pick it up and slurp, baby. Ooh. Oh, okay. Yeah. We can do a sensible happy hour with oysters. Let's do it. <laughs> I love a happy hour with oysters. You can get a dozen of those things. Like Donnie said, like 12, like only 12 bucks. You get a dollar one for each one. 12 for Pretty 12. good. Where do you guys and go? Is there any any special spot? There's a place near us that we go to. I don't know in Manhattan who has it, but I'm, I'll research. We'll find one. Let's go. I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with Brooklyn. happy hour drinks. Yeah. And if I can find it waterfront, consider it done. <laughs> <laughs> Bougie. <laughs> My final thought is I am ecstatic that Teddy is gone. <laughs> I want to sing it from the rooftops. I want to scream it from, I don't know, whatever's tall in L.A. I want everybody to know how happy I am that we are not looking at Teddy Miley and Cap. It's a totally different it's a totally different show. Like to me, it's there's nobody that the camera goes on. It's like, Oh, snooze. Like everybody is like, what's going on with this? Like Dorit, like everybody is like, even, you know, evil Renna. I'm looking forward to liking Beverly Hills again for the first time in like three years. Yeah. Yeah. And my last final thought, I'll try to edit it out, but the dog next door to us has been barking the entire goddamn hour and a half we've been recording. Okay. You know what's funny? I heard it and I thought, wait, is that Biscuit? No. (laughs) And then I just said, oh, it's on their end. But I thought like in your apartment and then just in the last five minutes, I realized they don't have a dog. We don't have a dog. And I can't really hear it where I am in the apartment. So I thought it was Biscuit. I thought Biscuit was cutting up. I was like, (laughs) no, it's the next door neighbor's dog. And pissing me off. Anyway, (laughs) so that's our final thoughts. And then the last thing I want to say is not everything needs a reunion special. The Real Housewives of Dallas and friends are two of these things. Know that. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to support the show, you can visit www.patreon.com slash knowthatpod. You can find us on Instagram and Twitter at knowthatpod. You can follow me, Anthony, uh, at Anthony F. Casella on Instagram. And you can follow me at Real Donnywood on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me, Quinn, at Quinn Lamar on Twitter continue to listen and subscribe for free to know that a real housewives podcast on apple Podcasts or wherever you get your shows